On second down and 12, Darnold airs it out. Downfield pass is picked by Mitchell. Browns are going to win. You are now listening to the Jet Stream, the official New York Jets podcast of Gotham Sports Network. Welcome to another episode of the Jetstream, the official New York Jets podcast of Gotham Sports Network. My name is Andrew Claudio. You're welcome, Cleveland. At the expense of our football team, you won your first football game in 635 days. Uh, I'll be honest, if I didn't have like a really close friend and mentor of mine that's from Cleveland and had to endure LeBron leaving... And an 0-16 season last year and a 1-15 season the year before. Uh, I'd feel so much worse. Like, I'd be 99% more pissed. Or I guess 100% pissed instead of 99% pissed. Uh, there's a lot to talk about because the worst part about this loss is that the Jets absolutely should have won this game. Uh, joining me to break it all down is our lead Jets writer, Jesse Finver. Jesse, how you doing? Um, uh, I'm, I'm not great, man. That was That wasn't... That wasn't what we wanted to see on Thursday. And the crazy part is, so full disclosure, it's Wednesday night. So we've literally had a week to digest this. And I thought I'd get over it. And the moment I pulled up the box score in front of me, and I'm reminded of how annoyed I was that night. Because here's the worst part about it, Jesse, is they gave it to the Browns. Up 14-0, the first half, they... It looked exactly like the Lions game. They knew everything Tyrod Taylor and that offense was going to do. And Todd Bowles can say whatever he wants about how we watched so much film on Baker Mayfield and knew everything. We were prepared for him. No. It looked like he came in, that Baker Mayfield came in the game, and you had no clue how to defend this quarterback. What did you see? I saw a team that was unprepared to face a rookie quarterback which is absolutely unacceptable. Um, I understand it was a short week. It was three games in 11 days. And you also have your own rookie quarterback and a young team. But this is year, what, four? Year three for Todd Bowles? This is year three for Bowles, yeah. Year, th- year three for Bowles. And he's consistently shown um, that while his, his, his schemes, they seem to work, uh, his his play his play call man his play calling and his management uh, have been leaving something to be desired. Uh, I, I think that obviously he's a defensive guy, so you can't really bash on him for baits. But being unprepared um, and not being ready for Baker Mayfield, I, I, and like I said, I, I get short week. There's not even a lot of tape on Baker. It's just college stuff and preseason. But you better watch all of that. I don't care what you're doing. The, the the two things you should be preparing for if you're a defense on a short week is who you're going to be facing. The backup quarterback, too. Like the backup the, the, quarterback. The quarterbacks. The quarterbacks. That's who you need to be studying. Obviously, I'm not like a, like a, a, a scout, although I did meet a Jets scout today at Southern Miss, <laughs> um, which was a fun conversation. Uh-huh. Um, but – I'm not, obviously I'm not like this, this. I'm not Mike Lombardi, you know, um, but it's pretty obvious that the backup quarterback 
who everybody's clamoring to get in, and you're facing a quarterback that gets injured seemingly every single week with something new because he puts his body on the line. It's unacceptable that they weren't they were not ready for yep. for Baker Mayfield. Now, I'd be a lot more upset about this if this was a full week you had to prepare. Obviously, Thursday night games are really tough. Uh, past and current players have bashed it for good reason because it doesn't give players enough time to heal their bodies and it doesn't give enough time to study film. A case in point with the Jets here, uh, clearly, because they didn't see anything on Baker Mayfield. Uh, I thought Baker was fantastic. I thought that uh, from the moment he had that first that first completion, it looked he looked comfortable. Uh, not too, it wasn't the moment wasn't too big for him. Uh, he looked a hell of a lot better than Sam Darnold uh, the past two weeks. I'll tell you that much. Um, but I think that he's a still rookie quarterback and only and completing 15 of what 17 passes or something like that 17 uh, of 23 for 201 and no touchdowns right yeah that's in one half for a rookie quarterback to do that against a supposedly good defense with new jack city and everything i, I don't think baker's going to be that lucky again that he gets that but that it, it's it's not acceptable the jets were not able to be even remotely competent in the second half so a couple things. First of all, I actually don't excuse them for the short week because you know who else was on a short week? The backup rookie quarterback, Baker Mayfield. And he came in in the second half and looked poised and caught everybody by surprise. Like, it was also a short week for the Browns. And Yeah, but they, did, they didn't play on Monday night the week before. They, they didn't travel so, as But much. still, so that's like, one extra day is all I'm saying. Like, they were on the road against New Orleans and then had listen, to go all the way back to Cleveland. Listen, listen. No, I, I totally get what you're saying. And I, like I said, I think it's unacceptable. Um, but I think that these are excuses that are going to be used and they're going to and it's it's going to be the narrative. Yeah, um, no, I get that. I get that. I don't have to agree with the, the excuses and the narrative. I think that it is valid to some degree, uh, but it doesn't it doesn't doesn't. But- that doesn't excuse you for being so unprepared. So it's not even so much that it's not even. It's not just. It's not. This isn't Gus Farratt we're talking about. This is the number one overall pick, guy that you scouted, guy that a lot of people thought was going to be on the Jets. And I get and you that come out, you come out and you don't know what he's going to be doing. Are you for real? But I get That's- all of that, and I would be so much more on the side of it's a short week, three games in eleven days. If they weren't up 14 nothing, and then just went yeah. right into a shell with the play calling. And the number one reason the Jets lost this game is because Bates, this, this offensive coordinator, decided, I'm not going to let my quarterback lose this game. I'm not going to let my rookie quarterback make mistakes. And you didn't see a single pass down the field until the fourth quarter when they were down 21-17. And that's why I can't even blame Donald for a bad game. He, there was no imagination with this play calling. There was no play action. There was nothing down the field when we saw it work perfectly against the Dolphins. Um, I can't blame Donald for 15 for 31 for 169 and two picks. A terrible game. But those last two picks, I don't even really blame him for because it's the first time all, fe- all game that he was testing the secondary. So He was also he was all, not just testing, but like, I mean, he kind of had to make those throws. It was Right. Like, I mean, it, it's fourth quarter. Like, it's either an interception or a turnover on downs. So like, it's yeah. it's not like he was, like, he made a bad read, like the, the first pick against Miami last Sunday. 
Yeah, or I mean, like the the pick at the end of the game before the like the the la- like the first pick that he had, um, probably should not have thrown that ball, uh, and, I, and I'm not going to let him get away with that. I mean, the second pick, yeah, he was forcing it to Robbie Anderson down the left sideline, but that first pick, uh, Jermaine Curse was wide open. Yeah, and he just was sitting there in a, in a he found a soft spot in the zone and did a curl route right over the over the first down. Would have been a first down, and he threw that. Someone, someone did knock into him, but you got to get that ball out even before that. I mean, you got to see Curse; he's right in front of you. Like even the even the play we're talking about right now. Again, when you don't allow your quarterback, your rookie quarterback, to test the secondary or just throw the ball down the field once or twice, because that's the worst part about it. Every pass that Sam Donald threw was either behind the line of scrimmage or behind the first down marker. Uh, and Nunwa on these screens, who did great. Don't get me wrong. I think yeah, the, he's only, the only guy who had a good game. I think the only time he threw the ball down the field was to Robbie Anderson, who, by the way, I'm done. Like I, I'm out. No, uh, he's right. been no, dropped no, no. from my fan. I get it. He got hurt on the play. No, no, no. Hold no, on no, to the no. ball, dude. All right, the fumbling is a huge issue, and I and that's it's it it needs to be fixed. But he's had six catches so far, uh, and like ten targets. The guy is they're they're not looking at Robbie Anderson. This is also an indictment on Jeremy Bates. I don't understand. He, he, this guy was electric with Josh McCown last year, going down the field and making circus catches. Why aren't you utilizing him? I understand this infatuation with Quincy Inunua. We were the only people on the planet, us Jets fans, that knew that Quincy was actually a really good wide receiver. Really, as as uh, I believe Troy Aikman described him, a mixture between a running back, a tight end, and a wide receiver, uh, which is just beautifully beautiful description right there, Troy. Um, I think that you need to target Robbie Anderson. He didn't forget how to play football. He didn't lose a step. It's not like this is like he was 29 last year. Oh, this is age 30. Here's the fall off. No, this isn't that. I'm He's not like saying. 25. He's 4'3 speed. He has good hands. Get him the ball. Target him. Dial up some plays down the field. One of the big issues I had before the season even started was noticing in the preseason, Bates didn't dial up any deep balls for Darnold to throw. It made no sense. Darnold had some good deep threat wide receivers on in, at USC. Juju Smith-Schuster. You know, the, the, he had guys that were capable of play, throwing the ball, and he did throw the ball downfield. He did it a whole lot against Penn State, minding the lines in the Rose Bowl, and beat us. He came all the way back and beat us, up down two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. He's good. He's real. I don't care what anybody else says. I I think that this kid has so much talent, and I think he's too good to to screw this up, and for the Jets to even to screw this up. So you lean more toward the this is on Bates for not using no, it, Robbie Anderson. Yeah, it's 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 it. Darnold obviously. I mean, the the uh, a reporter will probably ask him uh, in the coming days, why haven't you targeted Robbie Anderson more? He's like, oh, we've called up plays for him. You know, he just wasn't open. Like they're gonna obviously he's gonna blame Robbie Anderson for this, or he's gonna say, oh, he's dialed it up, but Sam just you know he made a different decision. All right, well you know what, Sam, it's time to start making that decision and throwing the ball to one of your best wide receivers because he's good. He just needs to Still. see the ball. Jesse, two fumbles and six catches. That's that's no, there, that's there really bad. There are multiple plays this season. I'll point to one specifically. There was the one against Miami. There was a uh, Darnold scrambles out of the pocket to his right. They're inside their own fifteen. Scrambles out of his pocket to the right. Throws a bullet to Quincy and Dunwa for a first down. But on a wheel route, Robbie Anderson was wide open down the right sideline and would have had a touchdown. 
just like there's there's plays where he has been open he's just not being targeted or or he's just not like Jeremy Bates just isn't calling enough down the field plays it's one of those two things because this kid this kid's too good to not be getting the ball nearly six catches is just not enough for a guy that's talented I'm a part of me wonders if they're just afraid of two things one That'll hold on to the ball when he gets it. I get it. He was great last year with McCown. He was also wide receiver one last year. He's got to adjust as a, a second option this year. But he um, should be a wide receiver one, and, and Quincy should. Should continue. he, though? But but Quincy Quincy is obviously having a better season. But it, Robbie Anderson's just as good as him. They just do different things. Quincy is a more of a, a over-the-middle, uh, breaking tackles kind of guy. Screen pass, he's going he's gonna to get you yak. But Robbie is a guy who's going to get you down the field real quick. He'll be kept making those 17 to 30-yard catches and moving the chains and, and stretching out the defense. There's, I mean, it, involving him and his speed in the offense is going to help Darnold. It's going to stretch out the defense. They're going to have to pay more attention to Robbie Anderson, which leaves stuff over the middle and underneath way more available for Sam Darnold, who clearly has fallen in love with it. He loves throwing to his tight ends. He loves throwing to Quincy. <laughs> you know, so... Let's let's get a little bit more creative with the play calling, Jeremy. And and please, for the love of God, just throw the ball downfield. Just do it. You have a guy that's going to run under it every single time. Just get him the ball. So you touched on the other thing. I don't think that he trusted this quarterback. I think they went up fourteen nothing, saw how how well the defense was playing, and just said, you know what? I do not want this quarterback to to blow the game. Um, which is ridiculous. So we talked about the the Robbie Anderson fumble. Which led to, to me, the turning point of the game because it's a completely different game. If, well, okay, there's there's two really. Um, the Doug Middleton interception that wasn't. Uh, ball hits him square in the chest. It's fourteen three. This is right after the Robbie Anderson fumble. If you pick yep. off Baker Mayfield in the end zone, it's the first nick in the armor, and now this quarterback looks human, and now he has to think the rest of the game. Don't throw a pick. Instead. It's just a bad pass, got away with one, and he can go back to to gunslinger mode the rest of the game. This also led to the I mean the other big one is the the strip sack of uh of Baker Mayfield and late in the second quarter, toward the end of the half, that for some reason no jet fell on and the lineman got up and ran with, which you can't do. If you yeah. turn the ball over there, it's then still fourteen nothing. You have the ball back, might still get points. I mean what to you was the turning point of this game? Was it the the turnover, uh, the turnovers that weren't? Was it just Baker Mayfield coming to the game? Was yeah, it the, the it was, it brownie was brownie, the Philly Philly? No, I think I think it was Baker coming into the game because I mean Baker has to do with the 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 Cleveland Cleveland play. Um, you know, I I think that they were ready for Tyrod Taylor. They've played Tyrod Taylor a lot, which also makes me even angrier. You know what you're getting with Tyrod Taylor. So why don't you just study Baker Mayfield a little bit more? Like, you already played this guy the past three seasons in Buffalo. You have all this film on him. You know exactly what his tendencies are, right? I'm getting off topic. But I don't the, know. It's a good point. But, but, but the Baker Mayfield coming into the game, from the first throw, you just knew this kid, he was feeling it that night. And the, the, it's, it's just a feeling you get when you're watching football, when a quarterback – because it, it's kind of like a, a little – it like – you know, in like scary movies, there's pop-out scenes. Like you just don't you don't see what's coming next in sports. <laughs> in football, the way it's broadcasted, right. you don't see you don't see the secondary. You know, you don't see all the action that's going on. So, 
Baker making that throw and it was just like nothing to him. Like the Jets, like all of a sudden they couldn't get a pass rush when he came in, um, which has been surprisingly much better than I thought it was going to be coming into the season. Frankie Louvu has been good and Brian Copeland, like all these guys have been stepping up. But after once Baker came in, they just they couldn't touch him. Um, and he just looked incredibly comfortable in the pocket and was just slicing New Jack City up <laughs> left and right. I mean – it's it's frustrating. It's it's very it's very frustrating. So three things before I move on to Jacksonville. First, and I've asked this isn't this is specifically geared towards you because you had the article before the season. But what is the Jets' record right now if Teddy Bridgewater is a starter for the first one, three games? One and two. You still think they lose both of these games? They don't trust Teddy Bridgewater to open up the uh, playbook you know more uh, on two Thursday. And, two, I'll, I'll go two and one. I think they win the Browns game. I think they're three and zero. Oh. Now, here's the thing. I also have no clue how the Lions game goes with Teddy Bridgewater. You know? Because like, they, they ambushed the Lions on the strength of their rookie quarterback after one bad throw looking completely poised. And, like, like they just rode the wave of, we got a quarterback. I know? think they probably lose the Lions game. See, everything went wrong. I'm sticking with one and two. I think you... You lose the Lions game, you win in my, you go in against Miami, and then you lose against the Browns. I think that's what happens. I I think you had it right the first time, two and one. They beat the, I think the I'm not giving Teddy Bridgewater a minus thirty two because he starts a football game. I'm gonna say they still beat the Lions. The Dolphins might be good, so I'm not even a hundred percent sure what to say about that. They're game. just they're just so fast, like they. Like, this guy Grant, is his name like Jakeem uh, Grant? Jakeem Grant and Albert Jakeem, Wilson. And Albert Wilson and Kenny Stills is super fast. Has always been super fast. And I, I hate uh, to say it, but Tannenhill's eleven and one in his last twelve starts. Whether yeah, you believe in playing, that stuff or not, he's actually he's, been uh, come up in a quarterback. He's winning games, and it's, wins and losses is a stat that does matter uh, in football, yes. uh, as opposed as opposed <laughs> to baseball. Um, and yeah, I, the Dolphins. They, frankly, they piss me off, and I don't like them. And I, I, I like them. I, I, I dislike the Dolphins more right now than I dislike the Patriots. That's where I'm at. Oh, I'm, I'm nowhere near there. I'm actually rooting for the Dolphins to go four and zero. And oh, oh yes. If it's six, not going to be the Jets, bury the Patriots, please. Let's go, Miami. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I maybe it's just recency bias. Obvious, you know what? No, obviously. Jesse, I, hate I am it. so ready to hate a new team in this division. No, I know. I, I, I'm hating <laughs> the Patriots. I really, I want to hate the Dolphins. I want to, I want them to be because, like, when the when you when you hate a team, it's because they're good. They right. beat you. And I want to hate the Dolphins, but I also obviously want to beat the Dolphins the next time we play them. Uh, but yeah, I'm tired of hating the Patriots. You know, I, I'm Patriots saturated. I'm reached my Patriots saturation point. Exactly. And, exactly. And I, and I will always want for them to lose. Um, but I guess it's just the me rooting for. Miami hatred in me. I gotcha. guess I don't know. I it's 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 a it's a All lose right. lose situation. So we we don't like the Dolphins in the end. Um, <laughs> however, I I will say two and one. I think they they I do at least. I think they beat the Browns. That's the thing. I think they beat the Browns if Teddy Bridgewater is their quarterback. Now this isn't me doing revisionist history hindsight. Twenty twenty. You should have kept Teddy Bridgewater. It's just me asking the question. What would their record be if they had Teddy Bridgewater? The experience, Sam. I want Sam Donald to lose games like this, so you can learn how to lose a close game, so that way you can learn how to win 
these close games. Oh, yeah. so I don't do this. Oh, so I learned hey, to hit a wide open in Jermaine Curse, you know? I have the Jets at 8 and 8 this season. I think there's a lot of growing pains. Well, I think it could easily be 6 and 10 or 7 and 9. I, so I this is, eight eight. That's my next question is how did did your did the loss on Thursday, especially like in the 8 and 8s that people were predicting or the the 7 and 9s even, we were counting the Browns as a victory. We were counting a win against the 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 Dolphins at home. Hey, you know what? You we know? beat Jacksonville last year. You never know. They just lost a a nine six game to the Tennessee Titans at home. They also lose to the Titans every time. Like I know you yeah. saw that stat. They always lose to the Titans. Yeah, uh, you know what? Like by the transitive property, the, the Browns are better than the Patriots because they beat us, and then we beat the. Uh, I don't know. It's, no, it's, on, it's, by transitive property, the, the Lions, we are better the Lions. than. We're the better Patriots. than the, the Patriots because we Lions beat the Lions. Beat the Patriots, we beat the Lions, and yeah. And so, the Dolphins technically are better than uh, than the Patriots because they beat the Jets, who beat the Lions, who beat the Patriots. Exactly. There exactly. You go. So there you go. Seven steps of separation. I think I think that yeah, we were obviously counting the Browns as a win, but I think the Browns proven they've played three teams and they beat the worst of those three teams, and they played those two other teams, the Steelers and the Saints incredibly close like probably the Browns should be three and oh right now they're not the Browns of last year yeah they still have arguably the worst head coach in football but, <laughs> but like they they lost nail biters against the Saints and the Steelers that that they're competitive football team you know so I'm not yeah. losing sleep to, but as far as the Jets go how good do you think they are now I think that they're still an eight and eight team Right. I think that there be growing pains. I think that Robbie Anderson, yeah, the secondary is leaving something to be desired. Uh, I think so is uh, the, the wide receivers course with Anderson, even Jermaine Curse. I want to see something from him. You know, I want to see the tight end stop dropping balls. Well, okay, uh, so last question. Fixable. Last question just about the, the Browns game. And it's, I mean, you kind of hinted at it. How good are the Browns? Because they very, very well should be three. Are we going to say the Browns that they, this is like, not this is on such a smaller scale, but... We used to say that Peyton Manning's never going to win a playoff game. And this is way before your time. But Peyton Manning started his career 0-4 in the playoffs. And we were like, he's never going to win a playoff game. He's overrated. And then he won one. And then he kept making it to championship games. And then he finally beat Brady, you know? And it was like, LeBron's never going to win a title until he wins a title. And now he's revered as a title threat every year. And the same thing goes for Durant. With the Browns, is it they're not going to win a game until they do, and now we can start to look at how many games they can win this year. Because their defense yeah. is actually de- good. And if you put an actual, like, competent quarterback that's a threat to win games now, am I crazy to say this team could win nine games? Uh, no, you're not crazy to say that at all, especially with how the AFC North has looked so far, um, with the Steelers looking not that great and the Ravens are – whatever uh and somehow the Bengals are looking pretty decent actually um and yeah the browns are one one and one right now it's gonna mm-hmm. take a lot that, that loss is definitely gonna hurt them uh, like i could see them going like eight seven and one um i think that they have one of the best pass rushers in the nfl miles garrett so that is already a, like <laughs> people don't realize I mean, people are starting to realize after this khalil Mack trade how important pass rushers are Jets fans should understand this very well because they haven't had a, a good one since John Abraham. You know? um, pass rusher is arguably the second most important position on a football team. 
you know, mm-hmm. behind the quarterback. You, 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 you want to have a, you want to keep your quarterback upright and you want to get to the quarterback. That's how you win games. Um, and miles Garrett is unbelievable. Then they He's also good. got, they also got Ward in the secondary, uh, who's looked fantastic so far out of Ohio state. Jabril peppers looks a lot better. Um, they have some, some good linebackers. Christian Kirksky is pretty good. Although he was hurt against the jets. Um, they, they've, they've obviously like pretty much all of their first round picks from like 2000 and like eight till now aren't on the <laughs> roster. Um, but you know, starting with miles Garrett and Baker Mayfield, you could do a lot worse, uh, and rebuild and starting your rebuild of your franchises, your two cornerstones. And so far they definitely have a stud at, at defensive end in miles Garrett. And then based on Thursday night, it looked like the beginnings of a, a stud, uh, at quarterback. So the Browns are plus eleven hundred now to win the NFC, the AFC North. That's fantastic. I love it. That is worth looking at. Is all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Before we get into Jacksonville, Jesse, let's tell everybody about Vivid Seats. We all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Uh, like going to the Jets game. They're playing it at home against Jacksonville, right? Yeah, because last week was against, uh, I was on the road against the Browns, right? No, they're in Jacksonville. They're they in Jacksonville. Okay, they so played Jacksonville at home last season. That's right. So you could have used Vivid Seats to go see that game. But Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving our listeners an exclusive promo code for the new customers to receive 10% off orders of four or more tickets to save even more money. Just go to the App Store or Google Play to download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code GOTHAM, that's G-O-T-H-A-M, for 10% off orders of four or more tickets as new customers of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% guarantee from the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more. Vivid Seats has it all. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. You know, if you were a Browns fan, you would have loved to use Vivid Seats for that Thursday game, but uh, oh well. I mean, they were hugging each other in the stands. I mean, what did you think (laughs) about the reaction from Cleveland? I what do you, uh, I mean what do you mean what do you mean it was fantastic I'm I, I so here's the thing and I kind of you you see the difference in who reacted which way to the Cle, to the Cleveland reaction you and I are both Met fans and we pathetically rejoiced at Johan Santana's first oh, no hitter because it was the first no hitter ever in yeah, Mets awesome. history <laughs> when meanwhile like it was just a no hitter. Yeah. All right. In a meaningless you know, season, and there was a double. <laughs> like, do you know what? Do you know what Baker Mayfield's touchdown catch is being called now? That play. What? It's being called the Dilly Dilly because it unlocked the beer ah, fridges in Cleveland. <laughs> well done, Cleveland. Maybe LeBron will come back one day. Uh, <laughs> I completely get it. It's the Yankee Giant fan that's actually won stuff in their lives that is like, this is pathetic. What are you talking about? They won a yeah. football game. Calm down, people. You guys, you're just you're too spoiled. You have all these championships. You know what? Giant Super Bowl victories are more frequent than than Cleveland Brown victories. 
Okay, <laughs> I just gotta throw that out there. That's why I kept saying to Yankee fans, like, listen, you've won more championships than I've won no hit than I've seen no hitters. So get away from me with that. Uh, yeah, Jacksonville fits. Um, not fits. Finver, hold on. Jacksonville, Jesse. Uh, I mean, I don't know which team I'm supposed to expect there. There's the team that blew out New England two weeks ago, and there's the team that scored six points against Tennessee. Uh, last week, I don't. I mean, it was even a home game that they lost to Tennessee. So wait a minute, Jacksonville is three games in a row. Yeah. What the hell, NFL schedule maker? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, what What are you looking forward to, or I guess not looking forward to? What What scares you the most about Jacksonville? What scares me the most? Um, their defense uh, across the board, whether it's Calais Campbell or Tevin uh, Tevin Smith. Or Ningakwe, or Jalen Ramsey, or or uh, I mean, I could keep on going and going and going. Their defense is probably the best in football now that Minnesota can't stop a Josh Allen nosebleed. Um, I think that it's it's a very tall task for Sam Darnold uh, to and and the Jets offense to go in and expect uh, to move the ball efficiently against. A pass rush of this caliber and a secondary. Uh, AJ Bowie. Yeah. By the way, their their second cornerback is also an All Pro, and AJ Bowie Jesus. now the best <laughs> now the best secondary in the NFL once again. Now that Akeem Talib and Marcus Peters are hurting in uh, Los Angeles, but um, it's it's a very very tall task. I, I'm very afraid of this defense. This defense. I am not at all afraid of Blake Bortles uh, and that offense. Um, I don't know if Leonard Fournette's gonna be available this week. Um, but I feel like the, the Jets' defense is is kind of built to stop uh, a uh, an offense like the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, the, the Jets like to stop the run and, to, and play man-to-man coverage, and that's something that they can really take advantage of when you have Blake Bortles dissecting your defense. Um, so, yeah. To, to, to wrap it all up, I am very worried about this Jacksonville defense. Do we know if Fournette is playing? I'm not sure yet. I don't think it's been announced. Okay. I, I honestly don't – I don't think it matters, honestly. Uh, it's the same but, thing we mentioned with last week. With When, yeah. we, when we talked last week, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars have a good pass rush. The Jets do not have a good offensive line, and that's what scares me the most is this rookie quarterback facing Jacksonville. So like, – Brandon Shell's gonna get eaten alive by Clayus Campbell. I, mean, I will say, I do not fear Blake Bortles in the least bit. So the, yeah, I do Especially have confidence that they could. If you keep it close, like if it if this game is thirteen all going into the fourth quarter, would it shock you? Claudio, I'm gonna say something right now that's gonna it's gonna shock you. Up oh, here it comes. I think the New England Patriots are bad. I think that this is the year that it all comes crashing down. Um, and by that, I mean they win 10 games um, and get eliminated in the second round of the playoffs. But they don't make an AFC championship. <laughs> they don't – They don't. Maybe they don't even, maybe they don't even win the division. You know. But this is the worst defense I've ever seen Bill Belichick have. Um, if you just take a look up and down the roster, I'm not going to go through it. It's not worth my time. But – it, it's a bunch of because it's, it's a bunch of nobodies. Yeah. Um, it's it, Dante Hightower 
Remember when we all wanted Dante Hightower to be signed You just with said the you weren't going to go through it. We'll go through it week 11. No, 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 no. No, no. Dante Hightower looks so, so slow, and he's supposed to be the best player on, on the defense. This is I the have, worst Pats team no, that I've seen since 2009. It's plain and simple. No, they went 10 and 6 that year. I don't know if Josh Gordon's going to make an impact. I think he will. I think that the offense will be fine when they get Julian Edelman back. Tom Brady's still the GOAT. Um, the offensive line isn't that great in New England, but that defense isn't going to stop a nosebleed. And they let up like what thirty plus points uh-huh. to Jacksonville, Let's and Jacksonville see. couldn't get through that. So Let's get back to the Jaguars. <laughs> no, I know, no, yeah, no. I'm getting back. Like, they they let up thirty like plus points to Jacksonville. That's mm-hmm. that's why I'm feeling like the Jets can still win this game because right. I think the Patriots are that bad that it's not. Uh, oh, are the Patriots just having a bad a bad beginning stretch again, or is Jacksonville really that good? We were talking about that last week. I'm I th- actually. I think Jacksonville's that good, and I think New England is that bad that Blake Bortles could put up 30 plus points against them. Do we know what the weather is? I can't believe I'm actually asking this. What's the weather going to be in Jacksonville on Saturday? Like I'm, I'm looking gonna, it up now. I'm going to guess rain. Because that's the thing. If it's yeah, scattered thunderstorms. So this could very much be a low scoring game as is. As of right now, it's a high of 91. Excuse me, a high of 87 with scattered thunderstorms all day Saturday, all day Sunday. So it might be one of those. Nine six games again. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah, seriously. Uh, what I'm looking for, listen, coach, you too, Jeremy Bates. Open up the playbook for this kid. He's not like I get it. Jalen Ramsey is on the other side of the ball, and you don't want to see this kid get embarrassed. You don't want him to to lose the game. But in the same way that you opened up the playbook after he threw the pick six pick six against the Lions, after you went down twenty nothing against the Dolphins, you have to at least give him a chance to test the secondary. It's the only way he's going to learn where not to throw the ball and where to find holes in a defense. And even if you're up 10 nothing or up by two scores, you can't just coast on let's just run the ball and do screens behind the line of scrimmage, and hopefully that gets us a W. Play to, as the great immortal coach Herman Edwards, Herman Edwards would say, you play to win the game. Not you play lose. to win the game. Exactly. Uh, we are out of time, unfortunately, because we're actually running long on this episode. Uh, in one or to two minutes or less, what would you trade for Le'Veon Bell? I knew you. Yeah, you, you mentioned you wanted to talk about this. Briefly, uh, briefly. I would trade a third-round pick and Isaiah Crowell. Which is like, and Brett Brett mentioned it, uh, made a comment about that. It sounds like a fantasy football trade, mm-hmm. um, but they'd be getting a running back that's under contract for multiple seasons. I believe Crowell's under his contract for another year, um, and they have no leverage. The Steelers have absolutely no leverage in this situation. Uh, Le'Veon Bell has made it clear that he's not going to be showing up until he's well damn damn well ready to do so. Um, and like they can't like right now their hands are tied. They, they can't say we're only taking a first round pick. We're only taking a set. Like they can't make demands. Well, they for can. This guy. They just, no, because, because Le'Veon, yeah, they can, but it's not going to do anything because Le'Veon has made it clear that he's not resigning there. He's leaving. It's over, especially after the offensive line turned on him. It's that it's irre- it's irreparable. It's uh, it's Jimmy Butler. Like you need to cut ties at this point, you know. Exactly. And now, now you you asked me, you asked me what would I trade, um, 
and I gave you an answer, but the real answer is nothing. Uh, there's zero point in trading for Le'Veon Bell this season. One, because this is obviously not a year you're going to compete. Uh, you don't have an, a good offensive line. Uh, you have uh, a rookie quarterback. Uh, if you trade for him, this is basically this is similar to the Carmelo Anthony situation with De- with the Denver trade, um, except that Le'Veon's not allowed to sign an extension if you move him. If you move for him. Um, because he's playing under the the franchise, he'd have to he'd be signing a franchise tender. So, if you trade for Le'Veon Bell, there's no guarantee that he resigns. Yes, you can get him in the building and get him used to your culture and whatnot. Uh, but it doesn't seem like the Jets have the best culture yet. <laughs> um, so maybe don't expose him to that yet. Maybe wait a year. Wait until you don't have to give up any picks that you don't really have. I mean, you have the extra third round pick from the Saints, but you should probably use that to build because none of the picks that are in the second or third or fourth or fifth rounds are still around on the Jets from the past few years. Uh, so maybe try and build your depth with your draft picks. Make some free agent splashes that include Le'Veon Bell and some offensive linemen and a pass rusher. And then you have a team that can contend for the next three years or four years under Sam Darnold's contract. But right now, it would just be way too premature. You'd be giving away a draft pick for for nothing because – there's no guarantee that the guy's going to sign and he's not going to make an obviously he'll be the best player on your on your your team immediately offense and defense if you're the jets but there's no guarantee like i said that he resigns so it's not it's not worth the risk yeah um the only, okay so i'm not going to say there's zero and we're way past the 2 minutes i wanted to spend on this but uh i don't want to say it's 0% reason to trade for Le'Veon because you would have to know you're going to sign him this this offseason because yeah. if, if you know that then there's no point in trading for him now if you don't want him to hit free agency though and let him test free agency then trade for him like, like, it's plain and simple yes you'd be uh, uh, giving away a pick but who are you going to get in the, the first or second or third round that's better than Le'Veon Bell that's that's my thought. And then you lock wasn't, him up wasn't now. Le, wasn't Le'Veon himself a third-round pick? Right, but you're also getting a, a, a 24-year-old you know veteran, though. Okay, you know, but that's, that's you know who apples the, the and leader, oranges. Do you know who the rushing leader is this year? It's, uh oh, gosh, it's the guy on the, the – it's not the guy it, in the Chiefs. It's the guy it's, on it's the Niners. Matt, it's Matt Breida. Yeah. Okay, this guy was a late-round draft pick. Like, Jesse – Matt Braid is not Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell is so much more than a running back, though. I'm, He's a I'm, back I'm, that you use I, in I the flat. I understand that, but you can find a guy like that with those draft picks, and the Jets just haven't been able to do that under this current management administration. So you just got to keep on throwing darts at the dartboard until it sticks. Or you use one of those draft picks to get Le'Veon Bell. Like I, I get where you're coming from, but I... I would absolutely trade a two like the the other three that they got for for Teddy Bridgewater. I would trade that for Le'Veon Bell. And I if you pulled my arm enough, I probably would trade the two also. We don't not have a two. not also. We don't have a two, why not? Because we got Sam Darnold. I thought that would be they traded last year's two. No, they traded last year's two and this upcoming twenty nineteen two to the Colts, plus oh. an extra one. Well then, I'd I'd get my second round pick back from the Colts, and then I trade that for Le'Veon Bell. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, if only then, it was that easy. Problem, you know. In that case, the Colts should trade for Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, that's enough here on the Jet Stream. Uh, 
Jets play at Jacksonville. I think it's a one o'clock game on yes, Sunday. Um, hopefully, you see some more imagination from this play calling. Uh, but we'll be watching. We'll be watching. Uh, this has been the Jets stream, the official New York Jets podcast of Gotham Sports Network. If you dig the show, head on over to iTunes and give us a five star rating and a review. Uh, follow the blog on Twitter at Gotham SN, on Instagram at Gotham Sports Network, and all our daily blogs, articles, and more. GothamAscend.com. Until next time, Jesse, enjoy the game on Sunday. J-E-T-S. Jets, 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 baby.